Hello, strippers. Thank you for joining us on another edition of Film Strippers Podcast, the podcast where we just talk anything and everything movie related. I joined here with my co-host, Austin Burke. Oh, Chris, I'm excited to be back uh, all ready for another episode. Episode one went well, and um, we're going to keep this going, man, until the day that we die. Hopefully. And hopefully no technical difficulties. We're trying to do this one video form. <laughs> Last time it was my fault with my camera. It just did not want to work on us. <laughs> but I think I got it to work now, and also I want to say I'm represented today. I got my Cat America on. I got the shield in the back, and that is in all honor to what you got behind you today. Oh, you see this? See, this is a brand new. Now, it did take me two hours to set this up yesterday and it was extremely <laughs> difficult and very annoying I, but once i got, I got, it, got it it was yeah, up <laughs> it looks nice man and you sent me the link because i was like i gotta i gotta get me something like that and wow they got some beautiful ones the spider-man one looks great it's a so it's a pretty yes. penny but I, i'm really in thinking of investing for it they even have a a, a standard version like like i guess they have premium ones and standards the standard one didn't look half bad. It's modeled after the Spider-Man suit of the Far From Home, yes. red and black. So even though that one doesn't go like all the way back, I'm still thinking of maybe getting that one. But it's a cool chair, Austin. I think I'm going to have to save save up my money for that. You've got to complete the Avengers, man. We've got to have a cap and maybe an Iron Man or a Spider-Man. Like, you've got to... I know it's expensive, but, you know, if you get it, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, you got to get it. All righty, then. <laughs> um, so we're just going to round off some topics of what's been happening lately, guys. Again, this show is just starting off. It really means a lot to us if you leave a like, if you comment down below. We might be taking questions from the comment section. So if you guys want to leave some questions down below, we'll answer them on the next pod. If not, go ahead and follow us on our respective Twitters. I'm sure Austin's going to have little handles pop up here and there. Thank you, Austin. But uh, let's just get right into the first topic. So mm, we're just going to go into some movie news here. Venom 2 is starting to begin filming at the end of this year. Uh, now, I think the hype for this movie shot up tenfold after what happened with the whole Spider-Man debacle. Because oh, yes. Spider-Man leaving the MCU was like a huge thing. I mean, it was <laughs> it's one of the biggest things to happen in movie news. It's, it's the type of thing where the whole movie news industry stops whatever they're reporting to get this out and now venom just became a whole lot interesting to me because now you know this movie is going to be the first sign of this whole sony spider-man universe whatever they decide to do in this film mm. is what's going to carry on to the next spider-man movie spider-man 3 so what are your thoughts here on venom 2 just a good trend of news for Venom. First, you had the Andy Serkis information that he's going to be the director, and then confirmation that Woody Harrelson's returning, and now you have the idea that Spider-Man could pop up in the second movie, and all of those things combining, I think it's tracking in a good direction. Now, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first movie. Um, yeah. I, I There were some issues, some clear issues that I think they need to resolve, but with a new director, uh, and I think a new direction in general, I think this movie could be good, but once again, man, these the sequels to these individual superhero villain movies, they, they worry me. So this movie has me worried. But hey, it's Andy Serkis, so it could be good. Yeah, it could be good. I, I have a lot of faith in Andy Serkis. And I mean, not only I think that they hire him for his mocap experience with the Planet of the Apes movies, and yes. you know, that'll probably have a lot to do with it. But the man could fit the role of Craven the Hunter. And the Sony was thinking about making a solo Craven the Hunter movie. If you got Andy Serkis... You got to do it somehow, but I'm definitely excited to see Tom Holland face off Venom. Even though this version of Venom's a little different than I would have liked, I still found the movie entertaining. I think it needed a lot of work, but oh yes. Not only that, that means there's a good chance Venom and Spider-Man are going to team up to fight this Carnage fella played by Woody Harrelson. 
I'm excited to see that. I hope they get rid of that horrible wig they had at the end of the post credit scene. Oh. <laughs> Just let him be bald. Woody Harrelson looks fine. I, I know the red hair is sort of iconic with a carnage, but eh, it was not working for me. I'm, I'm very happy. Venom's happening. It's filming. We're going to get more details as it comes along. Mm -hmm. But I did not care about this movie. But with everything that happened with Spider-Man, I'm happy to see it. And I'm also hoping... They use this whole thing to fix Venom not having the spider on his chest. So yes, this also means please. Tom Holland's definitely going to put on the black symbiote suit at some point in this movie. I would love to see that. I'd like to see Tom Holland even go... Uh, he went deep. He went dark, I guess, in event, in Endgame and Far From Home. But I'd like to see him go even darker. And I think putting him in the Sony universe, you're kind of unrestricting yourself from the restrictions that Disney has on their movies. So there's mm -hmm. even more that they can add to this character. And in that sense, it's exciting. But once again, I just... Don't don't make it as cheesy as the first. We yeah, need we no. need a more serious uh, I think, movie, I guess. Yeah, I think Andy Serkis is definitely going to pull off on that. All right, then. But... We're excited for Venom 2. Hopefully it goes good. Tom Holland, man, we hope you come back somehow. But moving on to the next thing that we wanted to touch upon, something a little small here, but it's definitely one of my favorite franchises in a long time, the Mission Impossible series. So they came out and told us that we are going to for sure have a part seven and a part eight, and they're going to be shot back to back. So this is, yeah, super exciting, especially just the level of quality that these movies have been going off in since Ghost Protocol is unbelievable every time one comes out i'm like they can't top the last one but they do and so with this new one they're announcing some things and this is definitely i think going to be the end of the franchise tom cruise isn't getting any younger he's getting older no. he's still kicking butt broke his ankle for the last movie who knows what he's <laughs> gonna break for this one and the crazy stunts are gonna pull but an interesting casting choice that has me going i think this girl's gonna play a huge part Haley atwell who you might know as uh what was her name? Peggy Carter in uh, the Marvel movies, Cat America series more specifically. She's been casted for both the seventh and the eighth film. A lot of people are pointing out that she's going to be the new love interest for Tom Cruise. I think that role is being reserved for the other woman. I can't remember her name right now. Do you know the actress's name? Rebecca Ferguson is her name. Okay, yes. thank you. Thank you, Rebecca Ferguson. So I think that spot is reserved for her. The last movie, if you didn't see, they pretty much closed the door on Tom Cruise's previous relationship that he had since yes. the third movie it was yes. pretty much like oh she's happy with this doctor guy it's kind of like you can go kiss some women now tom cruise is basically what <laughs> that they were hinting at so i think that's what they're that's going to lead to so that all just has me to believe Haley atwell is going to be the villain of these next two movies i have a strong belief on that uh what do you think in austin i'm completely okay with that it's a different direction too because we haven't really had a prominent female villain in this franchise so far we've had the side-ish characters but no one that's really stood out like our, our main guy in the last one so and i'd like to see Haley atwell do that man i mean she has range as an actress we've seen it plenty of times before but the fact that she's cast and everybody thinks she's going to be a good guy but deep down i think we both want to see her mm -hmm. as this villain is a testament to how good of an actress she is and i really hope that's the direction they go don't know if they're going to do it but if yeah. you have too many good characters and the, the team's expanding and I get that but I don't want the team to be too big because I want to keep kind of yeah. the the chemistry yeah, that we had humble. before so mm -hmm. exactly so bring her in as a villain I think that would be perfect I have a good and I, as far as my knowledge goes we haven't had a female main villain in the Mission Impossible franchise it's always been old white dudes yeah. you know Philip Seymour Hoffman I agree. and all these others I love I love the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman man oh, so good. I'm gonna so find good. her 
I'm gonna. <laughs> I love the way he says that in that movie, but she's gonna be awesome in it. Now, last question I'll do on this topic: one person from the team mm. is passing away. You're not ending this franchise. You're not closing the chapter off without some sort of major loss. And I think it's pretty obvious who would hurt us the most if they went away. And my money's on Benji. Oh, no. Simon Pegg's character. I'm pretty sure he's oh. he's Gonzo. Like, can you imagine that being the cliffhanger for Mission Impossible Seven? Oh man! I, oh well, well, being Rames or Simon Pegg's character, I yeah, either one because they're the heart. They're the heart of the they franchise. Really you could just bring Jeremy Renner back and kill him off because it's like he wasn't even <laughs> a part true. of. But yeah, he's oh, not man. that one ball. But okay. Hopefully, we'll see who ends up with that. Uh, moving on here to some more technical side of the movie news, but still interest us geek fans who like to hear everything jj abrams yeah. signed a new deal with warner media his bad robot company uh now the specifics on this you know because i didn't want to fall asleep austin so i didn't read it all <laughs> up i'll be honest <laughs> no but he, he he signed a deal to to make uh tv content movie content and even video game content for yeah. them jj abrams what he did with star wars he's got that name alone has people excited with the stuff he comes up with now do you think he at all is going to get his hands on the DC franchise to help Warner Brothers out with that? There are rumors, and now these are just rumors, but there are yeah. rumors that J.J. Abrams could come in and be the Kevin Feige of this DC universe. I don't think that's going to happen just because J.J., he's such a creative mind to focus in on one thing. I think that's yeah. a bit too... Uh, it's not his character, right? That's not the kind of guy he is, but... If he played some sort of role in this DC franchise, say, I don't know, directed a Superman movie, then I'd be the happiest man on planet Earth. So yeah. hopefully that a happens. J.J. Abrams we'll Superman movie would be great. And and we're oh. all waiting for it. You know, it's no secret. I think we talked about this in the last podcast when we were talking about Batman. Henry Cavill's out, unfortunately. As, much, as sad as that makes us, he's not coming back. It's pretty clear he's moving on to better things. But with Batman recasted as Robert Pattinson, it's only a time before they recast a new Superman and they try again with that. And so JJ mm. Abrams behind the wheel would make me very happy. I agree, man. I, I think he's just a creative force of nature. So any, anything that he gets his hands on, I'm excited for, especially a universe that needs help. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on here, one thing that interests me, cause I do like my video games here and there. What kind of video games would J.J. Abrams make? I'm going to Google here some Warner Brother properties to see what they can Ooh. do. Uh, any oh, ideas? Oh. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously they're DC because they only really focus on Batman when making video games. I don't see them really coming out with more. They've had some in the past, like DC Universe Online and stuff like that. Yeah. But other than that, I'm, I'm not really sure what they would be coming out with. List of Warner Brother films. Let's see here. My mind automatically goes to a game like Portal, a, a fresh concept, a, a sci-fi-esque genre that J.J. could maybe start up uh, with the Warner Brothers kind of platform behind it. I just, I, I think he brings original content to the table. Now, he redoes content like a Star Wars or a Star Trek very well, but he has a, he has a brain that I just think can come up with something original. So, yeah, something sci-fi-ish in the video game space yeah. I would like to see. Hopefully it's original stuff, yeah. There's, there's not much to your list. It's pretty basic movies. That you, if they were turned to video games, I don't think they would sell, even on name alone. Yeah. But, all right, well, good for J.J. Abrams making all the money in the world. We hope he <laughs> delivers some good stuff for us. All right, next topic here I'm really excited to talk about because I am a big 
scuba fan i got here my yeah. Funko pop <laughs> but uh i recently did a video on my own channel about this coming up but i wanted definitely to hear your thoughts on this because uh, apparently you're a big scooby fan so let me just run down some quick of what this actually is so they are coming out with a new scooby-doo movie it's going to be entitled scoob apparently there's hmm. some sort of legal issue they can't call it scooby-doo again in fact they were actually going to call it s well they were going to spell out scoob and have dots in between like if it was some sort of agency like shield that was originally okay. going to be the yeah i don't know uh what that was about but basically it's going to be a 3d animated movie comes out next summer and the idea is also to start this off as a hanna-barbera cinematic universe we're going to see characters uh... in that world not really the most popular ones. So I'm like, I don't know if you've heard of Blue Falcon, Dino Mutt, maybe incorporate, Dino <laughs> yeah, in incorporate some Jetsons in there and the Flintstones. Maybe not have big roles, but like hint that they were here and there, Whoa. and try to build off that. So, starting off on just the Scooby Doo, what do you think? I love this idea. I love going down the the 3D animation route. They've tried the live action. It works. For, it worked for some. Didn't work for others. Um, but just the look, and I I really like. I, we saw some concept art. Yeah. I think it looks great, man. I think it looks great. It looks super modern. I hope it moves as well as it looks. We saw that really quick promo, and I'm like, yeah. this is this is Scooby Doo to me. So if they nail it, and they, it looks like they're nailing it with the voice casting as well, which is <laughs> Zach Efron yeah. as Freddy. Come yeah, on, man. That's, that's great. great. Like the One thing I uh, talked about, too, is the voice cast. Those people who they have voicing the characters could honestly yeah. make a live-action Scooby-Doo movie. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we have... Okay, here, let's run down the list of what we have. So we have Zac Efron as Fred. Of Perfect. course, handsome-looking dude. Fred is supposed to be a handsome-looking guy. That fits. Mm. You have Will Forte, who's going to be voicing Shaggy. Now, I <laughs> love Will Forte, man. I, 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 I kind of teeved off of Last Man on Earth, his television series he had, because, well... He wasn't the last man on earth. I don't know if you know that, Austin. Yeah, it's kind of false advertising yes. there, but uh, I really did love MacGruber, though, and they always talk about making a sequel to that, and I really hope for that. But anyways, I mean, not to put it funly, but he looks like a shaggy dude. I mean, he's got the beard. He's got that. Mm -hmm. It'll all depend on the voice. I really wish they would have brought back Matthew Lillard if it's just voice casting because the man, he's got it down identical. It's perfect. Yeah, and so, okay, so we have them, and then we have Amanda Seyfried, who, unfortunately, we didn't get a look of what uh, Daphne's going to be looking like, but uh, we can pretty much use our imaginations. Velma is going to be voiced by uh, Gina Rodriguez. I, I absolutely love Gina Rodriguez. I think she's yeah. a real talent, and she has room to come up in Hollywood. I could definitely see her as a live-action Velma, but all these voice castings, really cool. Now, Speaking on voice castings, you reacted a little second ago when I mentioned Dino Mutt. Are you familiar with Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt? I, I am moderately in, in the idea that they're incorporating these because I'm a massive fan of the network known as Boomerang. And yeah. I used oh. to watch Boomerang all the time, dude. Yeah. So these, what what aren't really iconic characters, their, their shows would come on and I would just gravitate maybe more towards them and then I would like a Jetsons or something like that. So yeah. the idea of seeing all of these characters, man, because Hanna-Barbera... A lot of characters to work with in a cinematic universe. This is exciting for me. So Blue Falcon is going to be voiced by Mark Wahlberg. And, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Dino Mutt, here is the weird kicker, is going to be voiced okay. by Ken Jong, the Asian man in The Hangover who gets locked in the trunk. Yeah. That's, Interesting. That, was my, that was my reaction, too, because if you if you know at all these two characters, Dino Mutt has a very specific way of talking nasally, yeah. Scooby-Doo-ish. 
and I don't get the interpretation of Asian men because not to be a stereotype, not to be racist or anything, but Ken Jong, especially in The Hangover, he heightens his voice a certain way to favor yes. Asian ethnicity. And I don't know if that fits Dy Dynamite. Maybe mm -hmm. he has this hidden voice talent we don't know about, but it caught me off guard when I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, interesting. I'm, right. I'm willing to give it a shot. I, I love those characters as a kid. But uh, I'm really excited for this Scooby-Doo movie. I, I, I still hold my head out, though, for a live-action interpretation because those live-action movies that they did, no, man. they held the place in my heart, man. I was young when I saw Me them, too. and I know they're not great movies, but they were entertaining. They were fun, man. That's the thing. I acknowledge that they're not the best movies, but Scooby-Doo 2, I, I distinctly remember watching that movie twice in the theater and i loved it as a kid so i i they have a special place in my heart as well but to see this universe come to like and i do think with somebody like dino mud i think they're kind of relying on kids not really knowing who dino mud is so they're like yeah. oh we can cast ken jong but to <laughs> us it's like oh, come on now I yeah well we'll see how he does but mark Wahlberg is blue falcon that's that's nice like <laughs> that's i think interesting that's, yeah. yeah i like that all righty then moving on from there to our next topic so Oh, man, Austin. So the next thing we're going to talk about here is our hype or what we think the general hype for the Rambo series is. Now, I believe mm. next Friday, September 20th is, I believe, or is it September 10th? September uh, 20th. 20th. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's uh, the Rambo Last Blood. So it is supposedly the last entry in the Rambo franchise, even though Sylvester Stallone has come out and said, no, if it does well, I'll do another one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I loved the rambo franchise it was one of those series that as a kid my dad showed me along with the rocky franchise because you know it's just, mm. it's just a thing you do as a father you go you haven't seen this movie all right let's yeah. go to blockbuster and we'll figure it out and good man lo i love those days when when your dad would be like oh yeah you haven't seen that i'm being a bad father right now let me fix that but <laughs> I, I enjoyed the rambo series and i'll admit as a kid the first one was a tough watch but as in don't you really appreciate that first blood movie Oh yeah. Nonetheless, this new one hyped me up. I was excited. Uh, a, a coup de gras to end the series. Call it Last Blood. The story seemed interesting. Rambo versus the cartel. Why not? I guess that's timely. The trailers were okay. I I I, I couldn't really determine whether it was going to go good or bad. But the final kicker here is, as movie critics, we know we get screenings, and usually the earlier you see the movie, it generates whether the film is going to be good or not this movie is not doing any screenings they are hiding mm. the movie and they're not letting you talk about it until opening day when it's too late to tell the your audience hey don't check this one out yeah again that could be a red herring maybe they they have complete faith in this and they're like ah we don't need screenings but oh, let me get your gauge on rambo right now I'm in the same camp as you. I'm excited enough to go out and see it and not feel completely overwhelmed by how bored I am, like, walking into the theater. I love Sylvester Stallone as Rambo. I haven't loved all of the movies. Really enjoy I actually just went back and watched the first one, and I appreciate it even more now than I already did just because of the themes and the messages behind that movie. Uh, it's really well done, but some of the other movies I'm not the biggest fan of. Uh, and I would put the Rocky franchise like significantly ahead yeah, of the Rambo way, franchise. Yeah. But I do think the idea of this last movie is great. So if they can execute and surpass what I've seen out of the trailer so far, because so far it just feels a bit too low budget kind of stuff yeah. that we've seen before. And then Stallone, you know, he's, he's a bit older now. So we got to see, we just have to see, I'm holding out hope, but the idea of no critic screenings, um, 
very worrisome to me. Very worrisome. I, I, and and supposedly, I when researching to see what people are thinking about this, it's getting on track to be the highest opening in the Rambo franchise. And maybe I should have pulled up what the Rambo series does Interesting. Uh, as a whole. Okay. But uh, hang on, let me look that up here. While I am looking that up, Austin, what did you think of the one before Last Blood, where it was just titled uh, Rambo? Uh, you know, it's been a bit since I've seen it. I do remember liking it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it, just hearing kind of the hype. A good conclusion. Yeah, I would actually... I might actually put it up there with the best of, of the post-First Blood, maybe even my, my favorite sequel to Rambo, because... There's just there was a lot of great stuff going on, and you had the the bringing it into modern times. You know, you can do a lot more with the technology and the cinematography and whatnot. So, yeah, I like that. Here's what I hope this new movie is. I hope this new movie is is what Logan was for Wolverine. Yeah. I hope it adapts kind of the Western feel, um, brings in a bit of the idea of oh, this guy's old, he can't do it anymore, he's got a family to protect now, um, but he still he gets those kills that we want him to get. So if they do that and they execute on that, then I think it's going to be good. Um, but I just, I can't get the idea of no critic screenings out of my head, and it's yeah, really got me worried, Chris. It's really worrisome. I mean, maybe they think, as long as it's just action-packed, people will love it, but at this point yeah. in, what, your fifth film in the franchise, we want some character development. We want some nice closure for Rambo. And uh, yeah, of Box Office Mojo doesn't have the opening weekend numbers, but the most a Rambo movie has ever made uh, opening weekend here is... Uh, see oh no that's domestic opening uh, worldwide the most ever made was rambo first blood part two and it was 300 okay. million um i can yeah so i mean that, that that's pretty fine for the rambo franchise pretty yeah. good and uh, wow actually rambo which was the most recent one that came out almost 10 years ago is the one that made the least amount of money at 113 i don't know how they saw that and went yeah let's make another you know what i mean Serious? That had to be a lot of convincing from Stallone because 113 million is not enough to get a sequel. Yeah, not at is, all. That's not, especially if it was your lowest. Maybe, maybe the budget was really great on that, but that's an indication right there of what it'll look like. Still, like I said, though, it's yeah. on track to be the highest opening of the franchise. Will that determine whether it has a great legs all throughout? It could open big and then just steep mm -hmm. down. So we don't know, but uh, dang, I didn't know that. That's the lowest it's ever made. That's that's what it looks like. They got lower as they went along, but oh well. I, I really hope Rambo does well, and I hope it's enjoyable because I really enjoyed that character. And uh, Me too, man. Last thing I'll say, I was so hyped when this one was about to come out because uh, my girlfriend she hadn't seen any of the Rambo movies, and I remember when Creed was coming out, I made sure to make her watch all the Rocky movies, and she was hesitant, yeah. but she loved them. She she fell yes. in love with all the Rocky movies and was so happy with them so i'm like same thing's gonna happen for rambo and to make her watch almost five movies for something that might not be well for the final product yeah. i'm like yeah i'll probably just watch this one honey you don't you don't worry yourself <laughs> i i get that man creed because creed was like an oscar caliber movie and i i just don't see that with this new rambo film so yeah you spare her chris spare her the yeah, rambo unfortunately. all right then uh definitely switching topics here something totally left field you and i most recently this weekend or uh, this past day we saw the movie hustlers starring yes. jennifer lopez uh is it constance Wu or constance Wu? Mm -hmm. constance Wu uh had some cardi b in there had some other yeah, palmer other uh great faces i 
was hesitant at this at first because I was like, it looks great, but it'll all be mm-hmm. determining on your uh, execution of this movie. And seeing it, man, it was really, really well done. I had a good time yeah. with this. You, Austin? I had a good time as well. I, I saw the trailers, and while I liked the trailers, I, I was just nervous because is it another Jennifer Lopez movie that's not going to be very good? Because yeah. she's a great performer, but she her really... movies tend to fall flat. I, I enjoyed this. I had some more issues than I thought I was going to have, especially the, when you get to the end. I don't think the impact was as yeah. strong as they wanted it to be, but fun entertainment value uh and just the flow man the stylistic nature of the movie really worked for me it was really cool i was thinking if they ever decided to reboot uh baywatch again this director's on board because the slow-mo in that movie was was maybe i can't say excessive it's it's a it's a stripper movie they were definitely going for a certain (laughs) vibe but uh that that was good still though i found myself liking all the girls involved in the main gang of of what they were doing i mean even the one from riverdale unfortunately i can't remember her name right now but Mm -hmm. she she was really quirky and funny and you could break her character down as the one who throws up but she all of them had a real do and 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 the thing about this movie that really solidified it for me is it was it was a sisterhood movie it was a movie about this friendship you make and the bond and Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu, what they had, mm-hmm. I really invested in it, and I was that. But I, I, I agree with you on that issue that the impact at the end and that whole thing about her making a deal and stuff like that. I don't want to get into too much spoilers, mm-hmm. but it didn't pay off as well as I'd like, and it was it kind of no. just ended abruptly for me. It it definitely starts strong, but then it slowly teeters off towards the end, and even with what they were doing as a legal. I felt the impact, but it wore off pretty thin. Where I was like, "Is that all this these girls did? Is there anything else?" Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. But e- either way, it, it was a definite win. I really enjoyed it, and those scenes of like even the girls when they were in Christmas and hanging out and stuff like that. Great, scenes. beautiful family dynamics. I, I, I would even like them to turn this in some sort of fran- <laughs> Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> a bunch of girl strippers doing stuff, but. I really, I really, I really like this movie. What do you, um, which one do you think was a standout other than Jennifer Lopez? Well, Constance Wu, I mean, Jennifer Lopez was the scene stealer, but Constance Wu was just the consistent, just heart of the entire movie. She was super good, man. I love seeing Kiki Palmer. I'm a big Kiki Palmer fan, you know, kind of growing up with her as these characters that kind of appeal towards children, but she did. (laughs) She was so likable. Yeah, man, True Jacks. I mean, she was so likable in this movie, and she had that same kind of fun vibe. So uh, she was a standout for me. And then, I don't know her name, but the woman who played, uh, who Constance Wu was taking care of the entire time, and, you know, oh, what happened to her. Yes. I thought she was just love, a lovable, lovable character. Like, she was kind of like the grandma in The Farewell. You're just like, oh, she's just yeah. so sweet. So, yeah, I, I kind of gravitated towards those characters. This director, which I do want to get her name right, at least, because she did do a good job. Um she really knocked it out of the park, man. And I'm excited to see yes. it. Yes. Because it's also, I don't know if she's a first-time director or she's coming up. I'm going to butcher her name. Lorona Scafaria. She, okay. she, oh, she also did Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. That's, I enjoy that one as well. It was interesting. Marketing. All right. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what else she does. Even if I compare this to Magic Mike, which I know they're different stories and stuff like yeah. that. I, I did not even because of the women involved just i i did find the flow the story the narrative the care for these characters a lot more compelling Mm -hmm. 
I think the fault isn't even her fault. It's just the true story element that it's like, well, this is all that happened. I can't heighten it up more. Maybe I would have liked to have seen uh, how certain characters mend things at the end instead of it just yeah. leaving blank, you know? But no. Hunter- and it is kind of a, it's kind of a rinse and repeat story too. You know, they're going, they're drugging and doing the thing and then they're going and doing it again and then they do it multiple times it's just like all right can we i get it it's a true story but can we kind of that's why that you know the christmas scene that you mentioned it was a nice kind of break from what was happening and it was just a wonderful these characters and i know you mentioned it fast and furious franchise i I mean i wouldn't mind seeing them again because they were so likable and their chemistry was great so yeah overall i mean it was a great experience i also love how they didn't oversaturate with the cardi b in it she was nice to bring some people into the audience even my girlfriend was disappointed like cardi b wasn't in it that much and i'm like that's a good thing okay (laughs) that's okay Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. She was okay. She, you know what? She was better than I yeah, thought she was going to be. I'll she, say that. That's why she was used sparingly. And when she was in it, she didn't annoy or was bad. She was used the right yeah. amount. I'm glad she wasn't part of the main gang. But, yes, um, me too. all right. Hustlers really recommend it if you want to see it. I, I see you see it with a bunch of friends because it really is a movie about friendship, I think, at the end of the day. 100%. Yeah. All righty then. We're going to move on from the news topics to some trailers. Now we have some trailers that came out. We're going to try to fly by these. We got a couple of them. First one up here uh, in our segment, Trailer Trash. This is a segment where we either say whether a trailer we saw is trash or treasure. Because as you know, Austin, one man's trash is another man's treasure. All right. I said it right this week. Okay. That's going uh, to give me every time. <laughs> all right. Uh, Queen of Slim really really excited for this one now i i do see some rinse and repeat of what we've had uh before in hollywood it feels like because well looking at the trailer if you haven't seen it uh it looks to be like one of those stories of you know uh people of african-american encountering police and then the aftermath of that i didn't get uh it's not a true story right or is it based on anything I think it's actually based on a true-ish story, uh, okay. as far as I know. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. But nonetheless, so these guys get pulled over by a cop, and this is kind of what I meant by a rinse and repeat. I mean, if you saw The Hate You Give, and even a few movies in the most recent years, they have this like pinnacle scene of getting pulled over by the cops, misunderstanding yeah. ensues, and then the whole movie derives from that scene right there. So mm-hmm. when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this again? Uh but it takes it that step further to where you see in the trailer, they accidentally kill this cop in defense. Yeah. And they're on the run, sort of Bonnie and Clyde. And it looks like it's going to be an epic. Like, even if you see in the trailer, the way the characters look by the end, you're going to go through some stuff. So I And they also have some great talent in here. It looks like Oscar potential stuff. I, I really dug this trailer. Treasure for me. Awesome. Absolute treasure for me. I, I'm... Both trailers that have come out have really captured my attention, and it's not just the thematic elements. It's the way that the trailer was cut together, I thought was really well done. And I I see trailers as pieces of art, and if you can get me invested with just two minutes and not show me too much, then I'm going to be on board. And this trailer may have showed a little bit more than I wanted, but I guess you could say that about every trailer. I'm going to say Absolute Treasure because this movie has big Oscar potential and this trailer showed me that, and I think the talent is... Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is one of my favorite people right now, so I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah, I agree. All right, next one here we have is called Like a Boss. Okay, that <laughs> title alone should just should just tell you everything about this dang movie, okay? Yeah. So well, this one is going to be starring Tiffany Haddish, and I have to look up the other woman's name. Uh, do you happen to know it, Austin? Uh, Tiffany Haddish and... Ugh, man, I can't go. remember. 
No, you're fine. Here, I pulled it up. But she was uh, the wife in Neighbors with Seth Rogen. Roseburn, right? Is it Roseburn? Yeah, Roseburn. There we go. Okay. And ah, yeah. it, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, I like Tiffany Haddish. And when I saw her up and coming, especially in that movie Girls Trip, you you saw Girls Trip, Queen Latifah and yes. all of them? She yes. was a standout. And I was like, this girl's going places. Unfortunately, mm. I think she's fallen in that pattern of not being able to pick her projects right or maybe... I don't know, because this just seems like your typical run-of-the-mill comedy duo that is going to get swept by under the rug so quickly. I, yeah. I had a few laughs here and there, and the funny thing is I like both these actresses, and I feel like they could be doing better. And even Salma Hayek, who is in here, uh, I don't know, and that January release date should tell you more than everything. Unfortunately, this is going to be trash for me because I – I'm going to get dragged out to see this by my girlfriend because she <laughs> this is who they're pandering towards. And I'm going to do my best to find any redeeming qualities in here, but this trailer did not do it for me. What did you think of Alaka Balls? Looks like another run-of-the-mill studio comedy that we've seen a thousand times. Now, the talent could end up carrying it over the top because a really big fan of both of these women and uh, some supporting actors in there that could make it funnier. But, man, I just I saw the trailer. I giggled, but... Definite trash for me. I, I hope the movie's better than it looks. And I've, I've been surprised this year. A movie like Ready or Not, I didn't love the trailer for that, and it surprised me. Uh, so we'll see, but nah, not looking great so far. Yeah, oh well. We'll see how that one goes. Next trailer up here, a little different. It looks like a, a war movie here, Midway. Now, hmm. I'm not that well-known on my history, Austin, so I'm just going to go ahead and read the plot synopsis here. Uh, U.S. soldiers and pilots changed the course of World War II during the Battle of Midway in June 1942. Hmm. Uh, the U.S. and Imperial Japanese naval forces f uh, fought for four days. Now, that right there probably just put some of our viewers to sleep, unfortunately. But yeah. <laughs> the, the trailer... I say not half bad. I, it's a little more CGI than I would have liked, but I mean, nowadays with a movie like this, you can't have real pilots shooting at each other and flying around. Mm -hmm. The cast is very interesting. You have Woody Harrelson, Patrick Wilson, Luke Evans, Joe Jonas, who isn't a Jonas Brother fan, Austin. I know I am. But I like <laughs> yeah, I like it. But I mean, other than that, I still get maybe generic vibes off of it. I think this might be one of those times where it's a great cast. But the movie yes. just might be, yeah, that was okay. And I, I don't know if a lot of people are going to run out to see a movie like this. Uh, but I did like the trailer. I thought the trailer was nice. You, Austin? I, I, and I think it's just the director, Roland Emmerich. He's known for his giant yeah. blockbusters that tend to fall flat. But I just, I saw a bit too many, too much generic in this trailer. You know, I see it and I'm just like, yeah. I've seen it before, and it's a great cast, and it could be one that surprises. Um, but in terms of what the trailer did, I just the whole time I'm just yeah, I, it's it's a rinse and repeat kind of thing for me, and I it didn't get me all that excited. So if I have to pick between the two, I'm gonna say trash. But once again, I, I hope it ends up surprising me. I'll probably have to go trash too, even though I, I like the trailer, but it, it's just a generic, and it, it doesn't make me want to yeah. run out and see it. Maybe it's the subject matter. No offense, I know that was probably a heart felt battle but uh movie wise i don't think it's something i would want to check out even with a name like roland emmerich attached but, agreed yeah. yeah all right this one which i thought was going to be trash for me last christmas yes and then i saw the trailer which i'll say was pretty dang long for a trailer maybe because it was an international trailer it was three it was, minutes in yeah. it had it was so long at one point in the trailer i just wanted to grab my phone but i was watching the trailer on <laughs> my phone but I like the cast involved. It has uh, the dude from uh, Crazy Rich Asians, uh, Henry Golden. Yeah. 
And the yeah. dude's coming up. I, I like him a lot. He, I suppose, uh, actually, I don't know if he got cast or not. He was getting looked at for the role of Snake Eyes in the solo movie they're doing for G.I. Joe. Saw that. Yeah, it's yeah, exciting. So maybe he gets that role. But if not, I like me a good Christmas movie. I mean, I, I'm still searching for the days of another Home Alone. Not really like a reboot of that, but a movie that gives mm-hmm. you that vibe where it's another one you see on theaters and like that's going to be a tradition from now on for mm-hmm. me. And not saying that this will be it. But it had me more interested than I thought because I thought it was going the generic route. It was going maybe a little rinse and repeat sort of deal of what we get with these holiday movies. But then the, the name Paul uh, Paul Feig shows up. And say what you will about the Ghostbusters reboot. The man is a talented director. Bridesmaids uh, and that movie he just recently did, A Simple Favor. He's really mm-hmm. talented at telling a story. And, and this feels like it's going to have some heart and stuff. So I, I'm actually going to go ahead and say treasure on this. I want to see this movie. Complete treasure for me. I'm I'm a big Paul Feig fan, and when I started watching the trailer, I was actually enjoying it, but I didn't know it was a Paul Feig movie, and then I saw the name, and I'm like, yeah. oh. And then I automatically kind of knew what the film was going for, because all of his movies have this distinct style, and you can just tell that they're, they're not going to take themselves as seriously as maybe they portray, but that ends up working for the material, because his emotion uh, that the characters underneath him evoke they normally work really, really well for me. Yeah. Except for a movie like Ghostbusters. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I thought this trailer was really well done, and I love the cast, and I love um, I love everything that this thing could represent if it ends up being a solid Christmas movie. So, yeah, absolute treasure for me. I was surprised. Yeah. All right, here. One that we're, I don't even want to spend too much time on, unfortunately, even with the person involved in it. Little Monster. Okay. Not even okay. a theatrical release. It came out as a trailer. We just tried to touch upon all the trailers, big or small. Hulu original coming out October 11th with, come on, no one's going to see it. That day is reserved for Breaking Bad on Netflix, okay? Oh, <laughs> oh man, I'm still waiting for a full-length trailer of that. But this yes. just looks like a typical parody zombie movie that's been done before. I've, there was one with Rain Wilson a few years back where it was the faculty of a school and a bunch of kids turned into zombies. Oh, I don't know if you yeah, remember, remember it. That. Yeah. But um, I got vibes like that from it. The only thing, I mean, you had Josh Gad, though, and Lupita Nyong'o, very talented people that I don't know how they got roped into this film. Um, I'm unfortunately going to be skipping it, and the trailer was for me trash. Man, I think I'm on the opposite side. I I like this trailer. Wow. I like this trailer, and I like the concept of it. It's a bit different from what we've seen before. I do like the first trailer better, but... Um, <laughs> But I have also been hearing some really good things about this wow. movie, which which kind of gets me excited as well. And I just I'm a big Lupita Nyong'o fan. I'm a big Josh Gad fan, and it looks like it could be kind of a satirical. Well, obviously, it's going to be a bit satirical, but something that doesn't take itself too seriously. But I think there's going to be a lot more emotion than the trailer is letting on. So yeah, I think I'm going to go treasure on this one. I like the trailer. Oh, Looking for a new co-host, please. Uh, some that's, entries. That's what I'm here for, man. No, just kidding. <laughs> that's it. No, that's great. I, I, you'll have to tell me if it's good or not, because I'll go based off your recommendation then. But okay. Yeah, I hope I hope that's good then. Now, one severely disappointed. Now, yesterday, I believe mm. it was two days ago. Collider had the exclusive on the poster for this movie, and so we got a poster and we had the plot yep. synopsis, and that wrote me in where I was like, I am so in. The premise is, it's an app that once you download this app, you put in some of your information, the app will tell you when you will die. It gives you a countdown clock, tells you, I don't know, some people, 57 years, 10 years, yes. two weeks, two days, five minutes. That's what this app will do, and it's pretty accurate because you'll die down to the second. I was like, wow. I am in. This sounds cool. Sounds great. Yeah. And then I see the trailer. 
Eh. <laughs> oh man, this is like just maybe two steps higher from a B footage VOD type movie that doesn't get any mm. attention. You know what I mean? It just barely yeah. passed the scale of going to a theatrical release. I had high hopes and maybe it was because in my mind I was already thinking of how this was going to play out. But seeing this trailer, it is as cheesy and as ropey as it gets. I mean, you even have comedian Tom Segura in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. He plays the guy who sells the cell phone. And I was like, oh, that's a nice little cameo. But he he's in the trailer a lot, which leads me to believe Tom Segura is popping up in this movie for a few. And how? Oh, I don't know, man. It really disappointed me. I thought maybe it was going to go with a Final Destination vibe. But in the trailer, it looks like it's some sort of monster who's attached to this mm. app that'll take you i would have rather yeah. them gone with natural deaths just like yeah if it said two minutes you end up in a mysterious car crash or you know if it has two weeks you accidentally choke on your sandwich just like these mysterious ominous yeah. ways kind of like final destination but to have it where it's this supernatural thing attached to an app just me technology and supernatural elements never mesh well in a horror movie just because it's just apples and oranges to me so when you connect something like an app with a demon mm. it just no no thank you uh but what did you think of this trailer Tra trash for me sorry uh no i'm completely with you uh, this trailer was and i saw it i saw the preview it's like check the trailer online during hustlers last night and i, I did unfortunately and it just it's so it's conceptually beautiful because this could make for a really cool horror film. Um, and the only thing I did like about the trailer is the lead, and I think she's really talented, and the, the big monster claw. I'm like, oh, that doesn't look too CGI, but that's it. I mean, those are the only two things, and everything else is just a slog to get through, and it's so yeah. cliche, and it's so just what horror shouldn't be right now, man. We should be learning from what is beautifully done in the world of horror right now i mean there are so many great horror movies constantly coming out it feels like and then you go back to something like this and it's just like didn't we learn from slender man didn't we learn from rings that you shouldn't do stuff like this anymore who knows could surprise but if it's as bad as the trailer then yeesh yeesh trash yeah <laughs> i was really hoping because I, I love me a good horror movie with an interesting premise and that was it and that feels me wasted too. now but who knows the uh, fool I'll, I'll still checking it out nonetheless as a horror fan i'm yeah. gonna end up watching it have but to. we have to uh that was all the trailers we had guys we're gonna move on now to our main topic for this video and it's been kind of a slow news week not a lot of big things are happening not a lot of big movies are coming to theaters at least not these coming weekends so i was like austin you want to talk some terminator Let's do it. Let's talk Terminator. <laughs> All right. So jumping into it, Austin, Terminator Dark Fate is going to be essentially the fifth film in the franchise. Is that correct? I'm I believe so. Yeah. It. Yeah. It is the fifth film in the front. No, it is not. It is the sixth film. In the oh, franchise. it's the sixth. Yeah. Because Jenny Smith was the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Jenny Smith. There you go. So, <laughs> but this one is going to be ignoring Jenny Smith's Salvation and Rise of the Machines. You only have to watch Terminator 1 and 2. They bring back Linda Hamilton. Arnold Schwarzenegger is here. Tim Miller is directing, who also did Deadpool. I am a massive Terminator fan, okay? Ever since I saw those movies as a kid, I have high hopes for these movies. But I'll be honest, because I am a fan of the third one. But ever since the third one, it has just been a sinking, sinking ship. And it's made me lose a lot of interest. And obviously, the general public as well, because from the gathering word of mouth is people want to see it. 
but not as many people as the previous one. So just because yeah. of the bad taste in our mouths from the last two movies, this is not going to make all the money in the world, which kind of sucks because James Cameron and Tim Miller have said if this goes well, this is the start of a new trilogy. And you know if they have a trilogy in mind, they've already planted those seeds in this installment that they're about to come out with. So if they don't finish it out, that's going to be another unfinished product, and it's going to make me sad. Before we get into some of our thoughts and theories of this movie, just generally, how do you feel about Terminator Dark Fate? I have never seen a franchise endure the way that the Terminator franchise has endured after so many failed attempts in salvation. Okay, we're, we're done. And then you have Jenny Smith. Oh, okay, we're done. And now you have this one. And it's like, if this doesn't work, I mean, what are you going to do? You just have to let the franchise die at that point. There's no way, unless you start completely fresh in about 10 years, because you, you don't want to do it right now. But exactly. I'm excited enough about this movie. I love Tim Miller. I love um, the fact that he came out and said, yeah, this could end up being one that we do a trilogy for. Um, but then again, I, I saw the trailer, and I like the trailer. But I'm still questioning some really? things. I'm still a little worried. Well, the so most we'll, recent trailer we'll or the last trailer? Uh, the most recent and the last. I, I feel the same way about both. So I, I like the style, mm-hmm. but the source, I'm just like, <laughs> I understand the first trailer. It was, it was hit or miss. I was excited because it's Terminator movie. But I think the most recent mm-hmm. trailer knocked it out of the park. That's, what did, what okay. did you find maybe not as interesting about the most recent trailer or worrisome? I just think it's going to rely too heavily on what the previous two relied on, and that's the overuse of CGI that is the same similar-ish plot line, and and I just, it feels similar to Jenny Smith, which is what I'm going to call it from now on. (laughs) It feels very similar to that movie. The the story, for for people who don't know, the story feels different, but the vibe feels similar, and I don't want that because I didn't like the vibe of that movie, so... I don't know. I, I trust Tim uh, Tim Miller, and right. I think the movie is going to exceed the trailers, but I haven't been the biggest fan of the trailers the more I think about them. And I can't blame you, because even looking at it, I see them maybe pulling beats, bits and pieces from other Terminator movies, and even ones that aren't canon anymore, because, I mean, you have this half-cyborg, half-human thing with Mackenzie mm-hmm. Davis's character that's done in Salvation. Yeah. You have an old Arnie who stayed from the past that grew up that's from jenny smith so there's all these Mm -hmm. elements from other terminator movies that it is getting to the point of like how much more original and different can you be and how much of this story are you gonna linger on so that you can have arnold show up so you can have a linda hamilton because you got to bend your story quite a bit of ways to explain an old terminator in your movies and Mm -hmm. us as fans we forgive it because it's like we need arnold in here he grew the franchise it's not a terminator movie without him but Getting into it, okay, what do you think of the new Terminator, though? Because I think this is one of the best Terminators they've given us since the T-1000 back in Terminator 2, Gabriel Luna's uh, Rev-9. Yeah, I love the concept of that. And and I said overuse of CGI, but I do think his CGI looks good, and I do think this villain, the entire idea of, you know, splitting into two different beings, and I just think that's cool. And you have a great actor, man. I mean, he is awesome. And he can be menacing, and I know he can, so... If they capture those few moments in the trailer that I said, that's what I want, because it reminds me of Terminator 2. And while I'm not a massive Terminator fan in general, I do think Terminator 2 is easily one of the best action movies of all time. It's awesome. I love that movie. So if we get more of that, 
then this movie could surprise me and his villain could be one of the better ones. Yeah, you bring up the whole, the whole overuse of CGI and I, I gotta agree because even though Terminator 2 had some big blockbuster action movie elements in it, at the end of the day, I still consider them small, independent, sort of John Wick style movies. Not necessarily in terms of fighting, but in the small scale action, how it's street thugs, yeah. street fighting. And yeah, ever since like Terminator 3, it just became this global city phenomenon. And I know it's a world crisis, but it's a battle in an alley that determines the future of the entire world several years down the yes. line. You know, that that kind of concept was cool with Terminator. One thing I don't want to linger too on much about, but it's been something I've had a sort of vendetta about on my channel, is how do you <laughs> feel about all these people who scream woke or who try to put a political agenda attached to the film? Because... I think it's nonsense. I hate it. I don't like it. But they yeah. try to dig at the fact that the women are the leads when women have always been the leads of these Terminator franchises. It started with Linda Hamilton. I, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I yeah, just these are people who want controversy for no God-given reason. I mean, I think Linda Hamilton deserves to come back and deserves to try another uh, give another shot at this franchise. And so far, what I've seen from her in the trailers, I think it looks pretty good. It does feel like she's been out of acting for a while, which yeah. is fine. You know, she'll she'll get better. That's the kind of kind of the way I felt with um, Leia in The Force Awakens. You know, you could tell it's been a bit. But, man, if she is the B.A. character that they're promoting her to be, I'm all for that because that's what this story has been. It's been a story about her and her son so far. Now, I'm interested to see how they incorporate him, but the idea of women leading the charge, I mean... The talent in this movie is ridiculously awesome. So yeah. I love all of these actresses. I have no problem with that. And people who do, I just think they, they might need to get a life. I okay, getting away now from some of our general thoughts to our predictions and theories about this movie. Because I do want it to go good and I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen. So what we're kind of hearing about right now, John Connor is not really involved in the franchise anymore. He's said to have a cameo role. Even Edward Furlong has confirmed he will be involved in some way, shape, or Form. we've seen a, a photo of a little kid that really resembles edward furlong when he was in terminator 2 so there might be yes. some cgi facing in there either way the new john connor per se is this woman uh, is this woman danny ramos now this has people kind of upset understandable I, I could get why they would feel that way but at the end of the day I'm fine with it. I mean, the whole premise of these movies was every time something happens in the previous Terminator movie, you change the future and it's a whole mm -hmm. new world. So if they did stop Judgment Day in Terminator 2, wouldn't that mean if Judgment Day is pushed along maybe a little further, John Connor wouldn't – it wouldn't make sense for him to be the new leader because everything kind of has to line up. So this new woman, I'm not saying she's the new John Connor, but if I had to predict – what I've been boasting on is in some of the photos they've released, she's wearing a mechanics outfit, and in the trailers we see them fight in what looks like an auto shop. Not necessarily an auto shop, an auto manufacturer. Looks like they're making mm -hmm. some automobiles in the background. I'm thinking this woman is an engineer. I'm thinking she's very smart and clever, and I think whatever technological advancement she comes up with in the future is going to lead to the survival of humans. And I'm betting you it's whatever Danny, uh, it's whatever Mackenzie Davis has implanted in her or weaved mm. into her. And I think that's the purpose of her of having to survive. Not necessarily that she'll lead us into victory, but because of what she invents will help them mm. be able to win this war. What do you think? That's a great theory, and I just want to point something out. 
I don't think we need another John Connor regardless. We've seen so many interpretations. He's been played by so many people, and the route that they went in Jenny Smith was just like, eh, okay, all right. Um, and I also think he's, he's probably going to be dead. <laughs> I mean, he's either going to die or he's going to be dead. So um, I don't mind him not being in the movie. Now, the idea of this female-led group kind of solving this crisis and maybe putting it to bed once and for all by the time we get to the end of this trilogy if the movie makes enough money then i I like that idea i think it's interesting the route that they've chosen to go down and to incorporate so many different elements of what we've liked from terminator so far some things that maybe we're not the biggest fan of but once again i put my faith in tim miller as a director i put my faith in cameron as a producer And yes, he said the same thing about um, the previous, maybe the previous two, but I know the previous one, he said, this movie's going to be good. (laughs) Well, he didn't have any any hand on those movies, right? He just said that because he's a producer in name. But I think in this movie, he's more than a producer in name. And I also heard a rumor that he did have a bit of input on the script of this film as well. So a lot of things to get us excited, but in terms of story, I, I like the idea that you're getting at is, you know, maybe... It's not this war. It's not this revolution like we've seen before. Maybe it's an invention, or, or maybe it's just an idea of a new something new to take down. You know, the evil that this entire thing has caused since yeah. the first movie. So, I, yeah, man, I, I like your theory. I, I think it could. Uh, I think it could be something that comes to light. Now, if some of the rumors or speculation is true of what we've heard, supposedly Austin John Connor will be in it for ten minutes before, let's just say, he's not in it. Yep, if that makes that, a lot of sense. If that yeah. was the case and they got rid of his character within the first 10 minutes, as a Terminator fan, would you be upset about that? Would it anger you? Would you have rather him still been involved, whether it not have been the savior? Somehow in this franchise, what do you think of someone as important as John Connor was in Terminator 2 just all of a sudden being wiped away within the first 10 minutes of the sequel? You be honest. It makes, it makes sense to me. Um... And I, at this moment, I can say, you know, it may not make me too upset, but I look at a movie like G.I. Joe 2, when they killed Channing Tatum within the first, like, 10, 20 minutes of the movie, and I was pretty upset, and I didn't even care about the first G.I. Joe movie that much. So, to say that about a movie that I don't care about, I look at this and I'm like, you know what, my... It's according on how they go about it. If yeah. they execute it in a good way, then I'll be like, makes sense. But if they botch it in any way, then I might be upset as a fan of that character. Yeah. The reason I bring that up, because it goes into my another one of my theories, maybe, I don't, maybe I'm stretching here. What if it's a fake <laughs> out? Because I think that's just too, you don't do that. I, I mean, I think mm. it's really obvious, especially if James Cameron even had a little bit of hand into this movie. You don't just kill John Connor. I know Linda Hamilton is sort of could be the rising star to continue it, but John was being set up for big things, and you don't just yeah. tell us this man is our Superman years down the line and then he's gone. You change the future or not, I still would have liked him involved somehow. Even if the story arc for him is, you know what, we used to care about you, but you're no longer the one we need to protect. You're expandable now. And, mm-hmm. and and all that and just have them go away so quick so i'm gonna maybe throw in the theory what if it's a fake out that linda hamilton realizes as long as john is alive terminators are gonna keep coming back from the mm. past maybe i let them think they won okay i i don't mind that theory i i also i look at it as and I said this a while ago, we've seen a lot of john connors and maybe they just came together as screenwriters and said listen 
We don't want to do this again. We don't want to recast again. We're going to get Edward Furlong. We're going to get him for five minutes, and he's probably not that good of an actor at this point. We're going to mo-cap the face and make everything look... I'm divided because of the sequels. Because if we wouldn't have got the lame sequels and seen John Connor so many times, then I would be so upset if they killed him off. But at this point, I'm like, we'll just have to see how they execute it once again. Uh, But it's a very just hot topic that might make a lot of people upset. Okay, moving on to another theory or prediction that we're going on here. I'm going to try and make a a video on this on my channel uh, later on when we get closer to the movie, but this is one that had me rattling. What if, because it seems ever since T2, Arnold just is always the good guy. He's always the good Terminator and stuff like that. And we seem to know who the good and who the bad are. What if this time around, Mackenzie Davis, who we think is the human character and all that stuff, is actually the bad guy and gabriel luna's rev 9 is actually sent from the resistance the good guys if if you put it down into contents and think about it how many times are they sending terminators back in or people back in time to help out uh this what if actually danny ramos's survival helps the terminators in the future i mean what if the terminators wanted to send back a terminator for the man who they killed in terminator 2 the I forget the gentleman, African-American, who was responsible for finding the T2 hand. Yeah, and yeah. Sarah was, like, bent on wanting to kill him. He ended up, uh, I guess, being uh, – he died in the explosion of the, the Cyberdyne building or whatever. What yes. if Danny Ramos is responsible for creating the Terminators that, uh, for however they're built? And they get a whiff of that, and they send someone back in time to protect her because she'll lead to a Terminator being created – and then the resistance says, you know what? We need just a killing machine. We don't need a person. We don't need anything. We just need someone with a straight directive to kill a human and who not better than a Terminator. I love that swerve. And they, they've been swerving since the first movie because yeah. in the first film, Arnold was the villain, yeah. right? And now we look at Terminator as, oh, yeah, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, of course he's going to be the good guy, but we've got to go back to the first film and look at the fact that what we thought was the villain ended up being the hero, so it's not like they haven't done a twist like this before. So I love that idea, and bringing in an element like that is what's going to make me, a guy who is really hesitant about this movie, is what's going to make me on board. Like, the second that happens, not necessarily that, but a twist in that nature, or just a really interesting story point that I haven't seen in the trailer, which I would be excited about, because, hey, the trailer didn't ruin the entire movie, which yeah, is great. Um, man, I am I am on board with that big time. And now I'm start. the more I think about it, the more I'm like, maybe I don't need to see any more in the trailers. Just leave me what you're giving me so far, because it could be a surprise. That, that's what I was thinking, too, because you brought that up, that the, the trailers, whether they got you excited or not, they hadn't, by the last one, I was super, super pumped. But mm-hmm. they did not give away any of the twists. And who knows if this movie will even have a twist. I feel like it's it goes without saying, if you go into a Terminator movie, there's, there's a twist. I mean, in the yeah. first one, I don't know if you can really put in a twist. Well, I guess the twist was that Kyle was sent back because he is John's father. And that was yep. the thing. When everyone's thinking, oh, whoever she ends up dating, that'll be John's father. But the twist was it was Kyle Reese. The second one, yeah. the twist kind of was Arnold is the good guy, right? And all that stuff. Twist of the third one, it was that the war is inevitable. My mission was not to protect. It was to get you somewhere safe while everything was going to happen. Now, the twist was always ruined in all the trailers, especially for Jenny Smith, that John Connor went bad at the end or whatever. But 
if they do have a twist they're doing a good job of hiding it because I, I do not sniff it out anywhere here it just seems like a simple protect Danny Ramos and that'll be the end of it so I'm curious to what the twist will be I have a hint that maybe that's what it'll be I, especially if you think about the people who are going in hating it going she's not my John Connor I'm not <laughs> and then the twist is well you're not supposed to she's actually going to be the the faith of all our mm. deaths so it's like oh like you got me there I, th I think that would turn people around who are like hating on it Everyone is is talking about Ray and Kylo Ren and Star Wars. Yeah. You know, maybe Kylo Ren's going to go good. Maybe Ray's going to go bad. This movie comes out and does that. I mean, it's going to hit before Star Wars hits, and it's going to blow everyone's mind. And then it's like, well, if Star Wars does that. They're kind of ripping off Terminator. That you know how people's mindsets work. But I listen. You brought that up. That's a great. I mean, I would be completely on board with that, and it would bring a new dynamic to this movie, man. And Tim Miller's director. The guy can pull it off. You know he can, so that's exciting. That's exciting. So from there also, any predictions you want to throw in, Austin? Anything you're thinking about that might happen or what you want to see? Maybe a character that you think isn't going to make it through the movie? Or... No, I... I want to say I want to say that they're going to kill off one of the leads in this yeah. film. You know, Arnold may go. His character may... Yeah, Arnold or Linda, possibly, and they may. It may be a new generation of those who fight the Terminator in the next movie. But in terms of predictions, man, once again, I I love Terminator Two, but I'm not so invested. And honestly, this franchise as a whole is a big disappointment for me because you have two out of the five that have worked. That's not good. I mean, I don't like that percentage. So I, I, it's one that you know, if it if it works, then I'm back on board with this franchise. If it doesn't work then it's fine because I'm not super invested. There's not been a good Terminator movie, in my opinion, since, well, it's been a long time. So <laughs> we'll we'll see if they deliver. I don't know. Either way, I, I really am excited for Terminator Dark Faith. I have high, high hopes that it's going to be good, even if it's just okay, I think. Even if it's just okay. Cause I, it's some than people said Genesis was okay. I don't even think it was okay. I think it was no, just passable, which is not okay in my book. I think this movie, the thing will determine it most is the box office. So it'll probably not have the biggest opening weekend, but if people are coming out going, that was good, you need to see this. Then it'll have the yeah. legs, and long term, it'll make what it needs to continue on, and I hope so. And I want Tim Miller back. The guy's very talented, and with him not attached to Deadpool anymore and this, I would like this to be the franchise that he does blockbuster while he still maybe does Me a small too. movie here and there. But uh, yeah. final thoughts on Terminator Dark Faith before we move on? I just I think this is one that has the potential to be one of the bigger surprises of the year, but it also has the potential to be one that I never think about again. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really one of two routes that it could go for me. I really hope it surprises me, though, because if, if this does end up being good, it could be in that camp of uh, non-disappointing blockbusters. <laughs> and let's face it, this year, man, there have been a lot of disappointing yeah. blockbusters, mm -hmm. so I, I would like for this one to deliver. Yeah. I agree with you there, Austin. All right. Uh, so this is the part of the show after we go from our topic where we answer some of your guys' questions. Like I said, you can email us at filmstrippod at gmail.com or, heck, leave a comment down below at this, uh, on this YouTube video, and we'll pick your comment for the next video, and we'll talk about it. I went on Twitter, and I asked some people to see uh, if you had anything to say for the pod here. So let me go ahead and pull up some of the questions here. Oh, relating to the topic that we were discussing, Ashley Martinez on twitter lets me know uh what is the new terminator movie is bad so we we, we sort of discussed this but let's just say yeah. it bombs it gets critics hate it and it doesn't make the money it was anticipating what does happen to the terminator franchise from here 
I think it's done. I think it's done for a long time. Maybe 15, 20 years from now, they reboot it, but they will not continue the franchise because they say three strikes, you're out. Well, this will be Salvation, Jenny Smith, and now this, that that will be three strikes and you're out. So yeah, I think it's done after that. Yeah, I, I do too. But e even you, where you're saying in, 10, in 15, 10 years, nah, man. I, I, the way Hollywood works now, five years is 20 years. So if, the, if this, yeah, I know, oh, that sucks. And if this doesn't go good and they want to reboot it, which after this, if it just doesn't work, you're going to have to start all the way over, completely yeah. build it from the ground up. You can't keep relying on the first two Terminator movies to like, well, if we just clump on and say they're direct sequels of those, you can't keep yeah. doing that forever. It only works so much. So it, it is going to, this is the last, this is the last hope for for the Terminator franchise, unfortunately, right there. Uh, let me see what else I got here. Um, the Walking Game Freak asked us, uh, who has been your biggest inspiration? I really appreciate all the work you put in YouTube. Well, thank you, Walking Game Freak. For me, biggest inspiration, I don't know if you know this. This might be like a, a pull out of a hat. But one of the first people I saw on YouTube that made me go, that is awesome. I really wish I could do that, uh, was a guy by the name of Peter Rollis. And he did a show called yes. Movie Buzz. And I, 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 and I, yes. you, some of you might not know this man, some, some of you younger viewers, but maybe you that are a little older and were around when YouTube was just up and coming. He was the collider. He was the AMC movie talk. He was, he yeah. just had his little 10 minute show where he did the news like this and it was entertaining. I liked it. Then I guess he just disappeared and did his own thing, but that's what got me there. And then obviously you have like your John Campius, your Chris Stuckman's or your Jeremy Johns, people you look up to in this space, but uh what about you austin uh the, the cliche answer would be jeremy johns just because he's the first movie critic that i ever saw and mm -hmm. I, I love what the schmoes you know did expanding beyond just doing movie reviews they did the podcast and whatnot but the one that i find myself continuing to go back to and i love that you brought up peter rollis because i used to massive <laughs> fan of that guy and what he did uh mr sunday movies man i, oh, I love yeah. i love the the not necessarily it's not the content that I do because his stuff is more based on podcast long form content, but I love his passion that he brings for movies. And I just love the fact that he can sit back and have a good time. He and Nick Mason, the way that they go about their podcast, I think is brilliant. And, uh, I just, I really love his YouTube videos. And every time I watch one, yeah. I've never not been entertained. Yeah. So I love, I love too. Mr. Sunday movies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have one more here. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to answer it that well, but maybe you will, Austin. Uh, Becky okay. asks, have you seen Midsommara? What are your thoughts on the movie? Love your videos. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Becky. I miss the Midsommara train. I think that was around the time I was getting super busy with my channel for certain things, mm -hmm. and I just missed it. I do need to go see it because I definitely want to hear what the hype. I hear mixed things. Uh, did you see Midsommara, Austin? It is in my top 10 movies of the year. I love this movie. Love this movie. Now, it is one that, you know, got a low cinema score and audience members. It's not... It's very... Um, did you see Hereditary, Chris? Yeah, I did. I liked Hereditary a lot. Okay, it is very much in the vein of divis divisiveness of Hereditary. <laughs> and, oh, man, Midsommar is just... It'll wreck you emotionally. It's weird, and it ends on a weird note. But the more I think about it, the more I love it. I believe it's at my number six or five on the year, and uh, it's one that I, I wouldn't mind watching the three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour director's cut. That's how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, that, I was going to go see that, but I wanted my first view to be the theatrical regular cut because I, I want to be able to gauge the difference and all that. But I definitely got to check that. And if you yes. liked it, Austin, I, I think we have similar tastes, so I definitely got to check it yes. out. But that is on my, on, on my list to watch. That's all the questions I had on my end, Austin. Did you have any from your patrons or anything? 
Yeah, I uh, went on Patreon and asked a few people and, and got some great responses. I'm probably going to miss some because just when we're recording this and when I release the question. But the first question is from Aaron J. Your ideal face-off pairing for the reboot, and I know we talked about this a bit yesterday, but have you thought more about it? I can't say it was my idea because I saw it, and then ever since they said it, I've just been clumping onto it. And if you, okay. So you saw the release and what we talked about in the last podcast, the face-off reboot, the guy who's writing it, it it's kind of like, okay, what's the tone going to go with? Because he does have a 21 jump, I mean, 22 Jump Street in there, but then he has other movies in there that have a more serious tone. So is this going to go comedic? Is this going to go serious? Is it going to go action-packed? If it does happen to go maybe the sort of Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw type tone where it's... It's comedy and mm-hmm. action. I couldn't get it out of my mind when I heard it, but uh, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. That's just... Oh! Because <laughs> even though they're great friends in real life, I still think they're an odd couple. I think they're odd. Because I, yeah. I, I haven't seen Hugh Jackman in a very comedic role. Not that I can think of. And Ryan Reynolds, of course, is very comedic. So pair them up and have Hugh Jackman have to play a version of Ryan Reynolds. And then vice versa... Yeah, I, I thought that would make me the happiest man alive. Mine, mine was much more obscure than that. <laughs> okay. I, I selected. Um, I was thinking Michael B. Jordan, which I mentioned okay. yesterday on the pod, but pairing him with Lakeith Stanfield. Now, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Get Out. Um, what was the the movie that came out last year? The really divisive one that he starred in. Oh. I can't remember oh, the name I of know. it. Um, Sorry to bother you. I think. Sorry to bother you. Yes. I would love to see those two together on screen, but I would love to see just a, a more serious and gritty face-off movie with those two. I think that would be awesome. But man, that Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, woo! I can see that. That's with a good one. And then if they go with those actors, and I would like that. That would be a cool one to watch. Then I would love to watch that one, man. The next question we have from Jip, uh, and Jip asks. This is interesting. Okay, what are some things that you guys disagree on the most, and what do you agree on the most? Now, this is a hard question yeah, because is. Chris. I, it's I don't know how to answer this. I guess what my answer would be is you're way more of a a horror and I guess more of an I love action movies, but I guess more of an action movie guy than I am. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm I guess I'm more kind of independenty artistic, but I'm also a big comic book reader. But you're a, you're also a big comic book movie yeah. fan, so that's just a hard question to answer. What what would your answer be? Yeah, I mean that's true. I I am pretty much more horror based. I just love me a good horror movie, but at the same time, this is probably what we'll disagree with. Uh, you'll check out maybe the more classy type films, <laughs> but I don't know what it is about being a horror fan that I will be willing to watch the B level garbage. Mm horror movies i don't know what it is it's maybe like junk food i don't know if you saw the trailer for it there's this movie coming out called killer sofa you can put a picture about it (laughs) (laughs) i know i know it just the the title says it all the killer sofa but it look at the poster it drew me in (laughs) and you see this trailer and it was not half bad. I know, I know okay. you're going to give me crack for this. But if you watch this trailer, they, they are taking this seriously. They are really be- making you believe this sofa is after you. And I'm <laughs> so wanting to watch it when it comes out in October. So maybe that's what we disagree. And I'd be willing to watch and sit through these B garbage level uh, horror okay. movies that most people would be like, what are they doing? Uh, but I mean, then again, uh, another thing that I was like, I don't know how you do it, Austin, on your channel. You watch every Netflix release day <laughs> one and you sit through it. I can't. If I'm not interested mm-hmm. within the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I just I can't. I can't invest my time to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, I can't tell you how many 13 hour shows I've sat through and it's just been a, a constant 
nothingness and I've been so like ready to give up on it but I feel like it's something that I have to keep doing for my channel because it's like hey Austin's the binge guy he's gonna binge the stuff and and uh, now that I'm doing that other podcast too it's like well now I kind of have to keep doing that but Netflix did announce recently that they're going to kind of change their model to maybe more of a weekly release than a actual dropping all of the shows at once so I listen if they do that you're gonna save me hours and hours on my Fridays and hey maybe Chris I, I can finally get a personal life uh, do you know what that is I don't really know what that is what is um, that? I don't even know what that is either I literally just sit by Twitter and refresh news hoping to make some sort of video <laughs> for the day but even in between when you're talking also I'm just refresh refresh but no nothing yeah no, that's the best that, man that's good what's another question you have uh, we have one from Jip, uh, favorite horror subgenre. I'm going to pose this to you for, actually, I'll go ahead and give mine real quick. It's horror comedy. Uh, something like a Shaun of the Dead, man. When, when those, when those can hit, they hit me really hard. What's your favorite horror subgenre? That's so funny you say horror comedy because that is my least favorite Ooh. horror comedy. That, I don't, I don't think horror and comedy mesh all that well together. And I've okay. seen it done so rarely. I just, it's either lean towards comedy mm. or you lean towards horror okay. like like you saw the movie ready or not right yes yes, yes. now that was technically a horror movie with good comedic elements some That's might like. say horror comedy but it's i just think of it as a horror movie with comedic mm. elements so that's where I kind of get away from that. Other than that, you end up with a movie like Seed of Chucky, and then you, you don't want to get me started on Seed of Chucky. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. my favorite horror subgenre is slashers. I okay. love slashers. I, I, I think, unfortunately, it's been exhausted. There's only so much you can do with a horror slasher, and the rave sure. of it was all in the 80s. There was a small resurgence with uh, Scream in the 90s. But lately, we just don't get them anymore. And that's just because what else can you do with a person wielding a knife going after a group of teens? It's just that it's a dead end, maybe. There's been some cool things done here and there every now and then, but I'm just waiting for the next horror slasher resurgence. I'm hoping Halloween can do that, but yeah, I mean, Halloween is still carrying over from the 80s, so they get away with still just being the guy in a mask with a knife. <laughs> Coming up with an original slasher is just really hard nowadays. It's a difficult thing to do, and, and with horror comedy, I mean, it's definitely rare when they execute, because I brought up Shaun of the Dead. Well, that was 2004, so it's not like they execute it that often, but when they do it right, I think it's super... And I would also go more artistic horror. I think that's my favorite, like a Hereditary or like a... Uh, the Witch is not one of my favorite ones, but something in that vein... Uh, a24 what a24 does i think is really awesome man so i i that's definitely my kind of horror uh the next question comes from aaron J. again he asks what is your favorite who is your favorite director of all time and uh who is your favorite director working today my favorite director working so what was the first part of that favorite director of all time and favorite all today time. yeah all time i'm I mean, that's cliched, but I mean, it is Steven Spielberg, just because yeah. the man has able been to master so many different genres when some stick to, to, to you know, just, uh, well, I'm a horror guy, so I'll just stick to the horror movie. Yeah. Steven has been able to do horror, comedy, action, keep it relevant. It, yes. I'm still waiting for his next, like, E.T. or something. I thought Ready Player One was going to be that for him, where it was going to mm -hmm. be a phenomenon. Unfortunately, it was sort of underperformed for him, but I mean he's been in the business so long and you still are interested every time he comes out with a movie my favorite one right now it is gonna have to be jordan peele 
just just because I think yeah. the man is doing some real things for the horror genre and giving it the respect it kind of deserves for a while. And even with us, a movie I really, really did like and had yeah. some issues with, there was still so much originality and uniqueness in it that I'm like, even if it's not a horror movie, man, I'm going to watch what you do. Yeah, that's a great call, man. Peel is up and coming, and he's him and I would put he and Ari Aster what they're doing for for horror right now is pretty incredible. Um, all times tough for me, man. I got you know Spielberg camp for sure. Kubrick, massive fan of Kubrick. Um, Chris Nolan and Denis Villeneuve are the two that are kind of competing for my top spot of both all time and modern. Uh, I would probably give the edge to Denis Villeneuve with a Nolan and a David Fincher right behind them. But yeah. what Denis Villeneuve does, man. Prisoners, uh, Arrival, Sicario, Blade Runner 2049, even Enemy, which is my least favorite of his, but I still think it's a great movie. I've never not liked a movie, and he just brings a he brings a style and a sense of direction that, honestly, I don't think anyone anyone has given me so far. I mean, Nolan is very close, and you ask me on a different day, I may say Nolan, but I'm just a massive Denis Villeneuve fan, so that's probably going to be my answer. The last question comes in from Timothy Stone, and he says, with PlayStation coming out with their own studio for film, which video game do you think has the best chance oh, of yeah. being a good movie? I really forgot about that, but I yeah. instantly have one in my mind that I just want it so bad. A okay. Twisted Metal movie. You oh, have, yeah, I know. I, like I know that. it sounds kooky, but you have like Fast and Furious and, and all this and you have idea of what it could be and the PlayStation taking out from their library and bringing it in. A Twisted Metal movie would be cool, especially if you get that clown with the fire and everything. I don't oh, know if you yeah. make it supernatural elements or, or what you do with it, but a Twisted Metal movie would get me on board. You, Austin? I love that. I, I'd probably go God of War. I think God of War could be an epic and incredible movie if executed correctly. Uh, it, it's scary putting video games onto screen because it's just not been <laughs> yeah. executed that well in the past, but I think God of War could be pretty epic, Chris. That good, that good. Well, thank you for submitting your questions. Like I said, guys, if you want your questions answered, we'll say your name even, tweet at us or just leave it in the comment description down below and we'll put it in for the next episode. That looks like it's going to be the end of episode two. We are on a roll, Austin. I think I can already <laughs> smell the Benjamins coming in from this podcast money. <laughs> No, All that uh, podcast no, moolah, Chris. <laughs> no, I'm really happy you guys are enjoying this and supporting it. it. It just really means a lot to us, and it helps us out here. I want to thank Austin for joining me here on this second episode. Austin, anything you want to plug? Chris, wonderful show. Uh, I, I can't wait to see where the show goes once again. And uh, you guys can follow me on YouTube at the Austin Burks, and then on the Twits and the Instagrams at the Burkinators. And I'm always doing stuff and binging stuff and watching stuff. If you don't want to follow me, that's fine. It's your life. And you can find me here at youtube.com slash 3C Films or at 3C Film Review on Twitter. Really appreciate you guys watching. And as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Hey.